0: it could be you yes (laughs) yes it could be me (laughs) i win (laughs) suckers
1: welcome to the rc roundtable podcast where we discuss the latest rc hobby news events model reviews and a whole lot more well, hey everyone, welcome back to the RC Roundtable, where we don't know what we're going to talk about until the last second. I'm Fitzwalker, and joining me is Lee Ray. Hello, guys. And Terry Dunn. Hi, dee-ho, there. Greetings, salutations, Earth creatures. All right, well, let's get to Sean Road. Uh, a little bit of teasing, uh, just a Normally we uh, in the show we, in the show prep the day before we have a good idea what we're going to talk about and we discuss it, but for some reason uh, last night we got a little delayed and it wasn't until later at night we're like uh, what are we talking about tomorrow guys <laughs> so
0: why why do I feel like that's pointed directed at me <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: um, because it is. Because it <laughs> is <laughs> no 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 we I mean, were just joking but I just thought it was funny that normally we we kind of I was a little worried was like uh, what are we talking about tomorrow and because normally we like to pass around new things new events uh, you know look at the look at this new planes coming out or look at the size of her uh, well never mind what? so <laughs> we
0: we have done this show uh, over at, at least fifty episodes so we're above fifty episodes we should know how to just wing it right you would think (laughs) (laughs) all right maybe i'm wrong
1: all right well anyways speaking of winging it we've got some new wings to talk about first up no surprise but motion rc has yet another jet although this you say that like
2: it's a bad thing
1: it's a good thing or it's bad for your wallet but it's good for them uh, so maybe <laughs> not in a good way. Uh, so, so, uh, back at best, uh, we had, uh, a former guest of ours, Tony Curso had showed up at the best fly in and, uh, he, had, I had a quick conversation with him about motion and he hinted to me, uh, he said, Hey, uh, keep on the lookout. Motion's got another plane coming out uh around this time frame of course he couldn't tell me exactly what it was or it really give me too much of a hint because he's sworn in secrecy and those things but he said keep a lookout it's coming and it came it is the lockheed f-22 90 millimeter which is kind of surprising usually they do 80 millimeter stuff but now 90 millimeter which is really nice and uh this this i didn't expect i thought it'd be something one of the maybe a century series or an older jet but they uh, a new f-22 that was uh, actually bit surprising. Uh, it's, it's It's got a 40-inch wingspan, 90 millimeter. They have two options, which is not surprising. They have 6S and 8S, although it looks like they're launching it with the 8S version first. And I, I noticed a couple of things on it that really jumped out at me. If you guys give me a second here. Uh, first off is uh, the landing gear. A couple of things I noticed. It's got oleo struts, no surprise there. Uh, but the main gear, did you see how the main gear works? It, it's got a double, not a double pivot. It's got a pivot on the axles when it retracts. So it fits in the wing better. Did you notice that?
2: No. No. Is it on video or photos?
1: It's on video. There's a, they have a video. It's a little bit long, but they have a flight video. It's really, uh, in depth. And as the main gears retract because of the angles involved, there's a sort of uh, pivot it's hard to describe very well but um you could you could say there's an extra dimension of freedom on the main landing gear near the axles so it sort of can fit flush inside the wing i thought that was pretty clever
2: hopefully not a weak point
1: Uh, i hope not it looks like it locks when you're on the ground and with the weight on the wheels it locks in position but when it moves up it rotates in the other direction uh, also, they got magnets on the gear doors to keep them closed. I thought that was a nice touch. Uh, but, and let's see. Uh, this seems to be continuing in a trend where they're offering uh, 3D-printed parts for details and upgrades, such as, uh, I think they mentioned the cockpit, static weapons, space set, and maybe something else. Uh, but, of course, the most important thing is how it flies, and it's actually pretty impressive seeing it flying around. It's very maneuverable. And sees it have a really, really wide flight envelope, it's pretty fast, but also slows down to a crawl for landing. So, that was seems like the, there's a lot of wing there, yeah, a lot of wing and fuselage. So, that's all adds up to wing area. And so, it's they're advertising it as pretty much almost a trainer jet, uh, based on their you know advertising and that kind of stuff. But it looks, I don't really doubt it looking at the video because it, it really does slow down a lot and it can do some pretty low speed aerobatic, which I was really surprised too.
2: Hmm. I impressed. guess I'm still not really calibrated with EDFs because a, a 90 millimeter with a 40-inch wingspan seems like a lot A lot of fan and not much airplane.
1: <laughs> well, jets normally have don't have much wingspan to begin with. And I think they got away with, on this one, because it has so much surface area. If you look at the thing, it's, it's got a lot of flat plate area on the bottom of it. So I think that's so, how they can get away with it.
2: Yeah, and still, it's... I'm sure it's much longer than it is wide. So it's a sizable model.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about the, uh, what was it, the F-104 Starfighter Lee we saw at the bomber that was like 10 feet long and had like a four-foot wingspan or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's worse cases. So uh, so if you look at the weight, don't get discouraged by that. It's got a lot of wing area. And as uh, a... Former Lockheed Toad, that was interesting to see that because I remember seeing parts of that when I back when I worked at Lockheed, parts of that jet being built. Uh, some was built in, here in Texas and it was assembled in Georgia. Uh, so and it's got uh, a it's our basically our, our best superiority fighter that we have in the states. So it's neat to see a, a new modern EDF model of it.
2: I wonder what aerodynamic constellations I had to make so that it doesn't require. An onboard computer. You mean the model? Well, yeah, the full scale is inherently unstable, right? i uh, just move the CG forward. That's it? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay. Well, modern
1: planes have the CG move back so far that you need a flight computer to keep it from flipping on its end or something.
2: Right. All right, so uh, another thing I'm going to say, and I say this a lot, but the scale color scheme is nice but holy cow, you don't want to fly that thing on a cloudy day.
1: <laughs> it's The low visibility is low visibility. Right. Yeah.
2: Are there any scale high visibility schemes for this
1: model? Mm, I don't recall seeing any. Some of the prototypes had some odd panel lining in, in more solid color, mm. uh, but there's not like a Thunderbirds version or
2: something. Of these yeah, things. I wonder if they're going to pick it up at some point.
1: I don't know. The problem is there's probably. not a whole lot of them.
2: Yeah, and they probably cost a lot more to operate than an F-16.
1: Yeah. You're or probably more likely that. to see a Thunderbird version of the F-35 than the F-22. Oh, really? Yeah. Why do you think that? There's a lot more of them.
2: Really? There's more F-35s? Oh,
1: yeah. They, they plan on building thousands of those things.
2: Huh. Who that, knew?
1: that was the whole point it was there they were going it was a program that between the United States and various other foreign customers They were going to build a lot of them and so that would keep the price down <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. You know when it first came out there were supposed to be like 35 million a pop uh-huh. And now they're what double triple
2: that I Don't know but I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Yeah, uh, except for the Marine version, that was always going to be a little more expensive because it's vertical takeoff. But, yeah, the whole point was to be a low-cost, more or less F-16 replacement that's very versatile and had three different versions. A, uh was the Navy version, had a larger wing. The Air Force version was pretty much the same except for a smaller wing and less durable landing gear and no, no toe hook. And the Marine version, which was a vertical takeoff and landing version with a lift fan. Huh. And so they were going to sell them to all kinds of all of our buddies over in Europe and Asia and that kind of stuff. Except all of our buddies says, no, we want to have 22. (laughs) And America said, no. (laughs) Anyways. All right, back to the model. Back to the model. Lee, you've been awfully quiet. Yes, what's your
0: thoughts, Lee? (laughs) I need more coffee. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm curious, Fitz, how often do you change the range of a battery, uh, the number of cells in a battery for an aircraft between six and eight cells.
1: Uh, normally I don't. I size the motor prop and everything for a particular cell count.
0: Yeah, I find it, I find that interesting. I'm not saying it's a negative, but I saw Tony's video he just posted yesterday, which was awesome. He flew that on a 6S. Oh, and yeah. that thing just took to the skies. It looked so gentle, so trainer like I think Terry mentioned it kind of like a trainer like jet and he flew it wonderfully and I was like very impressed and Terry <laughs> kind of touched on the uh, instability of the f22 and I'm always remembering that video that famous video of that f22 coming in for a landing of the tail just going up and down and up and down the you know control services way overreacting oh yeah but, that, yeah. but uh, the, the model flew really well I, I was really impressed and the the fact that he was flying at 6s S. I just wonder about the 8S performance and geez, that must just tear up the sky.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I prefer the, generally prefer the higher side count that can be more efficient. But yeah, the, the performance on 6L was really good. Um, side note, I think the, the video you saw, I think that was a prototype, wasn't it? When it did that, the, the, up and down on the flight controls. I
0: oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm sorry. This yeah. just. it stuck in my head though. Yeah. So when, when Terry mentioned that, I was like, oh God, I remember that. <laughs> it's like a guy could not ride that Bronco.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, speaking of that, it, uh, the real F 22 has vector thrust and the model does not. But uh, some of the flights. Forget stopped. it. Forget it. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. There's a lot of complication. And like Lee said, when Tony was flying it, it. There's a couple of times it looked like it did have vector thrust, just the way he was throwing it around and some of the flips he did. So it flies pretty close to it, stock. So. Is
2: it full flying tail?
1: Yes, it is. It says tailorons
2: or elevators. Uh,
1: I think it has ailerons too. Uh, has okay. fla- I know it has flaps. I think it has. It looks like it in the picture is ailerons, flaps, full flying tail. They're saying that has ball bearings on the tail for, so it's not sloppy or anything like that. Um, Do they have a number of servos? I think it has a whole lot of servos. Uh, Nose gear. Yeah, it has ailerons. It has separate ailerons. So you get rudder, ailerons, elevator, flaps, uh, landing gear. So, yeah. There you go. So,
2: what's the status of this thing?
1: They're taking pre orders now. They're just saying delivery sometime in mid December. For the 8s version, I don't know if they set anything for the 6s version. Um, How much moolah?
2: I think it was 530 clams. Correctly, Um, let's see. Plug and play is 550. 550, excuse me. Yes. Um, That's for the 8s. It looks like the 6s is a little less, 479.
1: I think they have a. um, uh, another version that has no electronics except for the motor and servos. ARF Plus? ARF Plus, that's it. Or no, no motor. Three,
2: 369.
1: I think that has servos and retracts, but no fan or motor.
2: All right, so you can tailor your own power system.
1: Yes, I actually did that. I bought their F14 as an ARF Plus and put my own motor, uh, fans and motors in it.
2: Huh.
1: Which did pretty well until it fell out of the sky for a mysterious reason. <laughs>
2: Don't they all the time? Yeah, yeah. (sighs) Gravity. Well, anyways, that's good for
1: motion. That's really nice to see a modern jet. Uh, uh, These guys are really cranking them out, I'm sure. Uh, I think I heard they've got a few more in the the pipeline, so it's always I have heard similar rumors. Yeah. Not Not necessarily
2: EDFs, but other things.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. These guys are really, really working hard cranking them out. I guess one of their guys basically lives in China, effectively, (laughs) because he's spend so much time there working on development and manufacturing. So, huh. uh, uh, so anyways, uh, Tony, if you're listening, some good flight out there, I see you're out at, uh, I think he's at Arizona jets or something and he was showing it around there as well. So, uh, uh, we'll see you next
0: year. Yeah. We need to share that video with the release yeah. of this podcast. This neat little flight. And he mentions that, uh, the uh, RC guy Chris Wolf sent him one of the Afterburner LED. Oh,
1: that's right. Yes, he's flying around with the LED Afterburner thing. Yeah,
2: and I might be making this up, but I think Chris is working on 3D printed cockpit details.
1: Yeah, if um, I was talking to him, I don't know if you guys saw. Uh, uh, we're connected on Facebook. He's got a new printer that prints in resin now. Uh-huh. So he's got a the resin printer. 3D printers are really really high quality. Uh, much better than the, what we call the FDM, like we normally use. So he was talking about that, and he had shown a couple examples of some cockpit stuff, and they look really, really good.
2: Cool.
0: One thing I'm going to add is I, I was looking through the photos, and one thing that distracted me that I wish they would have addressed, and maybe the photos are the you know trial run version, because I'm looking at a picture of Evelyn holding the F-22, but the servo doors on the rudders, they're they're open in the photos and it's re- yeah I'm just gonna say it's really cheesy because you got pushrod arms one that's white on the servo one that's black on the tail it just stands out like a sore thumb but when you look at Evelyn holding the plane it looks like they're they've been grayed out so I don't know if that was done you know by Tony if he decided to paint it up or if they modified it but you know that I just wish they had approved the the look of that pushrod arm and I'm hoping they yeah. did yeah that's a good question I don't know.
2: You know, I'm uh, I'm a little on the fence about that. I like it when they give you some wiggle room to to personalize it. Is that weird?
1: No, there's other people have said that they like they like to have an option of getting the plane undecaled and clean uh, and they let they let them paint it themselves and that kind of stuff. So
2: Yeah, and to yeah. me that oh. kind of stuff is low-hanging fruit.
0: Well, I mean, but. true, but if you look at the plane overall and then you look at that rudder just sticking out there on the side, It's, it's just like they, the servo. Yeah, I I agree.
2: And then, so there's that first filter. You go to the field. Are you one of the guys who took the 10 minutes to clean that up? Or are you the guy who just yanked it out of the box and put a battery in it? So I don't know. I see your point and low hanging fruit for you to fix is low hanging fruit for the factory to fix. Mm. So it just depends on how you look at it. But I don't know. Not a big deal to me.
1: Uh, but I, I sympathize with Lee. I mean, it would be nice to have it, either a cover on it or you know, painted or something. But it's something I could do easy, very easily myself. So oh,
0: I'm not saying <laughs> I can't do this. I don't want this plate anymore. I'm not going to return it because there's no servo cover door. <laughs> <laughs> but with all the all the wonderful details and, and lines and, and the this, the work they did on it, I just you know, I was like, come on, how hard is it to just whip up a, a vacuum-formed servo? Cover you know, painted gray, um, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> you know, throw
2: it right in well. a box. But yeah, anyway. and for yeah. five hundred bucks for a model. Yeah, I get it.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. All right, all right. Well, on to the next one, I guess this is Jet Month because there's a, yet another EDF that's popped up. Lee, you you made us aware of this one. I had no idea this was had made a return.
0: Well, yeah, me neither. I I've seen the red one before, and uh, I I. The reason I brought it up is because, Fitz, I don't know, you don't have your uh, F-86 anymore, right?
1: No, may it rest in pieces.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Uh, But several years ago, Fitz and I were flying our F-86s at best. And These are I've,
2: the Great Plains Micro F-86s. <laughs>
0: I love it when Terry comes in to just like insert the, what the what the listeners don't know. <laughs> yeah, what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Terry. You are, I'm the subtitles. You are a vital asset to our, our show. You're uh, the <laughs> footnotes. <laughs> yes, Terry. The Great Plains Micro F- F-86. Uh, I've had my ups and downs with that aircraft. Uh, I sorted some of them out because I got rid of the toy transmitter. That came with it, so I, I bound it to my my own radio now. So that it, it seems to have helped, and I've changed batteries, so I get a little bit better performance. And I do like my F eighty six, so uh, I enjoy that. But I, when I saw this come up, and I was like, okay, someone I just happened to glance doing a search on it that people were comparing at the time the MiG fifteen with the Great Plains F eighty six. I was that like, is well, E
2: flight UMX MiG fifteen. that Leah's is <laughs> referring to. <laughs>
0: Almost need like a little chime to announce Terry's. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I have seen it fly. I have I know a lot of people liked it. I didn't kind of realize it was not, you know, still around. I think I've just seen people flying their old beat up ones like my F-86. Well, so with the they, Horizon
2: plane, if it's been more than a couple months, you can pretty much assume it's discontinued now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and here's the cool thing about it. They changed the paint scheme. So that's a good effort to say okay we're going to revamp it a little bit so they've got a different scheme on it uh they've added as3x and safe yeah and it's 129 and that's that's a good price because you know i on a side note i was thinking again about the dc3 about it being 160 bucks and i'm thinking well this is a much better price and you got something that the dc3 desperately needs which is stabilization
1: actually dc3s are on sale now you see that
0: I saw that they're ninety nine dollars, yeah. but they still don't have you know AS three X.
1: Yeah, yeah, correct, correct.
0: And I wish they had had made that change, but who knows? They they might change their mind. They'll mm. get wind of our show, and they'll say, you know what? Maybe he's onto something. <laughs> Maybe we could sell a lot more if we listen to those three guys mm. at RZ Roundtable. Yes, yeah. So back to the Mig. Yeah, I like I like that
1: it has a three X on it for a small plane like that. I think that's a good thing to put in there.
2: So it didn't have that before.
1: No, did it? No, no, I don't yeah.
0: think so.
1: Hmm.
0: No, it's, it's an older airplane, so I don't I don't believe it had AS3X back then. No, I don't think it did. And if it did, I apologize because I didn't have one. But oh, okay. I wanted to mention this because I like my F-86. And if you're looking for a little micro you know, EDF jet... Um, I, I again, I haven't tested those one personally, but if it, if the comparison is does it fly as good as the F eighty six, and it, the answer is yes, then this is something you should look into. I think this is a great little throw in the car and toss out there and you know, get the nice little sound and you know have some fun. And and I saw the video briefly, so it looks like it. You know, I don't think it looks much different than it did, but you know, nice nice little thing to look at. However, next shipment mid December. <laughs> so, <laughs> pre-order now so you yeah. may not get it for the holidays you may have to just cut a piece of paper out and run around the room <laughs>
2: So, what was different about the color scheme before the old one was just all red oh that's right okay
1: mm. i actually have one of the older ones well pieces of it i bought it off of somebody off of rc groups just for the parts they were giving it real uh, selling it really cheap um, but now that it's been reintroduced so maybe i could res- resurrect it get some Spare pieces and get it flying again. There you go. Yeah.
2: So the fan and motor and that kind of stuff are the same. Just a new brick with safe, new paint. I'm guessing that's what it is. You
0: know, I didn't go into all that. It's a
1: 180,
0: kV motor. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 28
1: millimeter fan. I'm guessing it's the same fan as before. Itty bitty, Itty bitty, Itty bitty, teeny bitty. Teeny bitty little pocket dot plane. Um,
0: <laughs> but you know what? Can someone, uh, I mean, I'm looking look it up too, but can someone confirm whether the other MIG had AS3X before? I'm sure there's an, like, an old e flight. There's guess, like, sorry, start. Here we go, making the noise of the typing.
1: <laughs> why you researching that, uh, what's the wingspan of this thing? Did I miss it? Small length, smaller. tiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, make sure your prescription is up to date. Uh, Here we go. Sixteen
2: point two inches. Yeah, a little bugger. Forty-one point one centimeters for yeah. those of you metric <laughs> fans. I, <Yeah>. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> now I hope
1: I hope this one is a lot easier to launch than the F eighty-six, which could.
0: Uh, I I agree. I, <laughs> you know, I don't know if we had this talk before, but you know what the 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 solution I found with my F-86 is I was giving it way too much power. I think uh, a lot of us were tossing it because, you know, like a, a larger EDF, you kind of wouldn't need as much uh, power coming into that thing to keep it from stalling. But yeah, Olympic once Javelin. I started, yeah, but once I started flying the F-86, I brought power down to half, and I could just do an easy toss and then slowly bring it up, and it had no any it didn't have any poor performance or huh. takeoff performance after that. So now that's just how I toss it, just one of those learning curves. Yeah,
1: well, well, if I still had mine in one piece, I could, sure could try it.
0: I will keep my <laughs> eye out for you if I find one.
1: <laughs> yeah, because yeah, once it was on step it flew really nice. I had a lot of fun with mine.
0: Well, I found a review here that actually says this guy it had AS3X, so hmm. maybe maybe the system's a little different. Maybe, the, um, maybe it just could be the paid scheme.
2: Well, it has safe select now, so I assume that's new. If I recall, our
1: uh, buddy Key Sparks had upgrade parts for these. Hmm. I think uh, let's look real quick. I think he had. Um, was it Parkso?
0: Okay. Well, upgrade one upgrade. thing I didn't notice: the battery's different. They've they've upsized the battery. Oh, they the they stock get? before was a two hundred milliamp, yeah. and the stock on this one is a two eighty. So that's good.
2: Oh
1: yeah. Oh, there we go. Yes, he does. He's got a, for both the F-86 and the MiG, the micro, UMX MiG, he's got uh, reinforcements for the nose, uh, new cockpit canopy, and something for the wingtip, looks like. These are all vacuum-formed pieces uh, made out of PET-G, PETG, PET-G to uh, increase the durability of the plane, protects the wingtips from landing damage and some nose guards, that kind of stuff. So... that's good so hopefully uh since it's coming back out market he'll see some uptick
2: yeah hopefully they still fit i would assume the airframe is still the same
1: yeah i don't think they make new molds that's probably too expensive just to reissue it
0: well i'm watching the flight video and i feel that it's greater than the flight envelope of the f86 that i have i still like mine but definitely the e-flight looks way more agile and you know they Mm. probably have a really good pilot on the sticks too so yeah it's a it's a good-looking plane, and I think it's a winner if you're looking for something, a little EDF to get started. So if you can't afford the $550 buck f 22 and you need to get started on an EDF, uh, consider the MIG.
1: All right. All right, then. Well, we've got, you've got a choice, big or small, cheaper expensive. How much
0: money do you have to burn? Yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> for every uh, budget. Okay, well, on that note, uh, let's uh, take a break and we'll be right back. gentlemen we found a winner yes if you recall we had a uh, with uh, an agreement with balsa usa that uh, if we were hit a certain milestone on a number of likes on our facebook page which was what was it terry lee 581 581 so we've hit over 581 do you know what it is currently
2: it was a little over 600 last time I looked.
1: All right. They like we us. We had
2: a surge during best.
1: Yes. They like us. They really like us. <laughs> so we've hit the milestone, and, and, and we will now uh, pick a winner to receive a free kit, if I remember correctly, from Balsa USA. So uh, stay tuned to our Facebook page. We will announce the winner, and also on our next uh, podcast, we'll announce it again, but uh, stay tuned. Take a look at our Facebook page and see who won, what lucky soul won a nice kit from the uh, Balsa USA kit
0: manufacturer. It could be you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. It could be me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I win. (laughs) Suckers. And I don't know if you said it directly, but thanks to Joe at Balsa USA and everybody at Balsa USA for helping us out with that.
1: Yes, we had Joe on our show uh, a few episodes back, and he was a great guest, and he had lots of really interesting things to say, and he's, he he lives, it's in his blood, for fly model airplanes, and uh, so he was a fantastic guest, and he was very generous of them to do this for us, so our, our eternal appreciation to them. All right, next up, uh, let's see. I uh, uh, Lee and I, of course, we had a special podcast at Flight Fest with uh, some guests, but uh, Terry was left out of that. So we thought we'd uh, follow up with a little bit with Terry to compare notes versus uh, Flight Fest in Ohio versus Flight Fest Texas style. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which is is going to be funny because I think it was hotter in Ohio than it was in Texas It
1: certainly was windier, probably
0: Oh my god, oh my god (laughs) I hope you guys got to see videos, but those flags were straight out
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so uh, now at least we got an idea of what Terry was talking about when we went Uh, Of course, Lee and I was at Flight Fest a couple of weeks ago And uh, we had a really good time, it was real fascinating to be there uh, I think Texas one is a bit smaller than Ohio one by uh, like five.
2: Well, you got to put an asterisk with that, because even though it was a bit smaller, what was the, the pilot count, like 350 or something ridiculous? No, it's was higher than that. Was I, it was, I was
1: told 500 and something were registered pilots.
2: Holy cow.
1: Yeah, 530, something like that. By
2: normal event standards, that is a huge...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything I've never been to an event anywhere near that many people.
2: I remember when I went to Ceph my first time, and I think it was 400-something pilots. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And even, I don't know how big Apache Pass is, but at Ceph, where it's, you know, Hodge's Farm, or Mm. whatever they call it, it felt crowded with 400 people so i can't imagine what apache pass was like
1: i think cuz i've been to both and for although it's been quite a while since i've been to seff but i think there was more room at apache pass okay we had we actually had two separate flight lines are basically equal size and they're both were really big because it was a, mm. a you know 5000 foot runway i think something like that so uh, and, the, and all the camping was between two parallel runways so I think they were able to absorb it a lot better than CEPH was.
2: Okay. So there were, was like a full-scale runway there?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's actually a full-scale airport, although it's a private okay. airport. And okay. also, they all the drone people were across the street, so they weren't really near all the fixed-wing stuff.
2: Okay, well, that's probably was, good policy.
1: So they had, it was really spread out.
2: So, so a flight line on either side of the camping area. Yeah. At Flight Fest. Yeah. That seems like no man's land. One side of trenches, another side of trenches. <laughs> no, it wasn't a too bad. At the place, it's very dangerous.
0: Yeah, it wasn't.
1: Well, one flight, of course, was, was far more busier than the other one, but both were f- uh-huh. fairly used, used fairly often. Uh,
2: how were they divided? How do you mean? What, what were the different runways allocated for?
0: Uh, I don't planes know. Planes you liked versus planes you didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's probably a really good description, yes. The, the
1: secondary flight line was a lot less crowded, so that's where you flew your planes you'd like because I saw some big guy. I was flying, what, a, a 30% something? A big quarter-scale plane. He was aerobatic. He was flying around several times, a few other things. Um, and I saw some guys doing FPV up back there. Uh, so a lot less chance of hitting something at the secondary flight line.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. probably a good idea. You know, with the flight test stuff and those kinds of cheap foamies, mm they're fun to fly around and not worry about but you don't necessarily want to put up something you have any money and or time in yeah in a swarm of those so yeah yeah, i remember when i flew my uh, sky ranger at flight fest i was a little bit nervous just because there's just not just the style of flights, there was just a ton of airplanes at one time and when you call landing that's great but it doesn't matter. There's still going to be a lot of people and a lot of airplanes around that you're going to have to weave through.
1: Yeah, there was almost so. no point in calling landing a takeoff because it was... It the sky was very crowded, and it may be clear one second, the next second somebody had just dived in or something,
2: right? So you know, there's the aspect of a lot of new pilots who don't necessarily recognize those calls. Yeah, uh, yeah. But
1: even so, there's just a lot of airplanes. There was a so. lot of airplanes and a lot of yeah, newbies. It, we talked about that too. There was a lot of newbies who were people who were very inexperienced that came there because their flight test you know got a large following. Uh, yeah. and so, that's a good place for them to learn that kind of stuff. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's why. You know, without getting set. yelled at,
2: I mean, can you imagine doing that at like Scobie Field. Oh, yeah. Yeah, They're going to rip you a new one (laughs) the first time you... Yeah,
1: Yeah, there were no grumpy old men in this one. Okay, that's good. Well, there were. uh, (laughs) um, And by the way,
2: if anybody listening to this is a member out at SCOBY, I'm basing this on experiences I had there, I don't know, five or ten years ago. It may be different now, but... (laughs) There used to be a a core group of grumpy old men who were just sat there waiting for you to do something wrong so they could yell at you. (laughs) Am I wrong, Lee? You are not wrong.
0: Okay. (laughs) I I have witnessed it. I was there with you one day, (laughs) and I've experienced it myself.
2: Yeah. Mm. Okay, moving on.
0: I I was going to say one thing I want to mention, and and this is just looking back at this hobby. Could you imagine trying to have an event like this if if we didn't have Spectrum... Technology. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know, could you imagine trying to do this on 72 megahertz? I don't think it
1: would have been possible.
2: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Ceph again, the first time I went, 72 was still fairly popular. And yeah, you you go put in a request. I forgot exactly how you did it, but you waited until they called your number. And then that's when you could go to the M pound and grab your transmitter. And then you had however long, 15 minutes to do your flight and turn your transmitter in again. Yeah. And that radio M pound was manned by a bunch of people, and it was a, a full time, complex job.
0: Yeah, so
2: I'm sure they were very happy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the
0: transmitter Nazis.
2: <laughs> no, I, I think it no. really did take a lot of the overhead out of any sort of sizable event.
1: It did. yeah I don't miss those days.
2: No, not at all. And they probably had a,
0: actually had a cap. They maybe even said, you know, we can only register a certain number of pilots.
1: Yeah, you might get a point of saturation where you just you know you only get to use your plane once a day because there's just too many people to cycle through all the channels.
0: Yeah. Well, and that being said, I, I had an issue with uh, a DSM-2 receiver, so... You know, oh, yeah, you did. DSM-2,
2: yeah. they still make those?
0: <laughs> I love. I just love that Horizon guy come out and goes, where'd you get that, like a, an old helicopter? Like, you know, I had this. He goes, we don't fly those anymore. We, <laughs> I was waiting for him just to berate me in public. This guy's got a DSM-2 receiver.
2: Can you believe that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I can understand in a crowded environment like that, but, hey... It's radio equipment. It should work perfectly from now until the time you stomp it with your boot,
0: <laughs> right? Well, yeah. the 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 conspiracy theory is: Did they invent DSM uh, D uh, D? What is it? DSM- DSMX DSMX. Yeah. Did they did they create it to overlap DSM two and to cause some issues? Is it or is there you know hmm? conflict? Wait, where wait. Well,
2: what conspiracy theory are you throwing around here?
0: Did I, did I say something
2: I, no it sounded like you're you're talking like horizon had malicious intent tell me what you're saying
0: uh, maybe not maybe malicious maybe just accidental oh is it just overpowering the dsm no one's gonna fly dsm2 anymore don't worry about it just keep pushing those dsmx receivers out there
2: well all right, is- all right tell, tell me what your theory is because i'm not understanding
0: the the converse, the, conver, the peace conversations I had while I was out there, and I mentioned how I had my brownout, which, by the way, I wanted to tell you guys, the thunder and lightning flew great during the brownout. That thing was in a nice left turn. I could have just put my transmitter down. I could sat there and watch it land. But when it, as soon as it came back towards us and it got some kind of signal, it just that's when it flipped and rolled on its back. I was like, oh, if I just turned my transmitter off, it would have just been a free flight model. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they just said with uh, as, as much DSMX running, they've experienced problems with people flying DSM-2. They've had that happen frequently when there are a lot of DSMX pilots or aircraft up there that it seems to, and I'm just making up words here, oversaturate the frequency you know settings, and, and DSM-2 gets drowned out.
2: Okay, so when there's... How do I word this? So DSM-2 is not as... Does not work as well in saturated environments as DSMX. Is that part so, of the, what you're saying? Yes. Okay, now what's the part where you're saying things were intentional?
0: <laughs> like the The fact that the Horizon guy says, "What are you still flying that for? You should you should get something else." was <laughs> like that doesn't fly anymore. You should be using that. <laughs> that's why that's why we market the new one, <laughs> so you would stop flying that. <laughs> no, just he just he made it very clear that they don't recommend you flying DSM two, especially <laughs> in these very populated environments with DSMX receivers.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. I, maybe a better way to say it is that as they improve their technology, it got more resistant to failure
1: yeah okay. it's an iterative process because you know if you remember when it first came out dsm this Ooh. is the greatest thing since sliced bread throw away your old 72 megahertz the dsm2 dsm2 is the greatest thing since sliced bread throw away your, all your dsm stuff that's the old hat now you have dsmx and everything else is is worthless but
0: but it's <laughs> so, but it flew fine the day before <laughs>
1: but it wasn't a saturated environment probably exactly yeah yeah because yeah, they work differently ds It wasn't really until they got to DSM-X they really got true spread spectrum uh, uh, technology into their systems. DSM, DSM DSM-2 really aren't true spread spectrum. They're more of, here is a band. Let's pick a couple of frequencies that we think are clear at the moment and use those. Um, And then they get stepped on by all the DSM-X stuff.
2: Right. What I well, told you guys, when I did combat at Flight Fest Ohio, I was using my Futaba system, and I've never had one ounce of trouble knocking on wood here with any of my Futaba gear. Mm. And I'm, like, I can't even think of any instance where it's had me doubt. And when I was flying combat, I felt like I was commanding it through two cups and a string. <laughs> it was just loosey-goosey. Yeah. There was some lag there. And yeah, so... Yeah. I think once you get that many signals up there talking, it, all bets are off.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing how that stuff works.
0: I'm not angry. <laughs> my, my, my PSA is if you are going to fly in a combat environment with that many aircraft, it was just uh, Amazing. To just like when they said three, two, one, 2 one takeoff and just like oh my god there are so many planes in the air there are a lot uh, of planes <laughs> if, if, you, if you are going to do combat and your goal is to uh, achieve a victory then you must upgrade your receiver to something better because yeah. if you are flying DSM-2 and I know I wasn't the only person who had a brownout or a lost signal during the event um, you're, you're yeah. just flying at risk yeah careful
1: so. when you say brownout that's really a different thing
0: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just correcting uh, myself. Okay. So uh, it was a, it was an LOS, yeah. and uh, anyway, I as I said, it worked fine in the past. I didn't have any other problems, but with that, yeah, but
1: that were re-flying aircraft, with hundred other people, I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, so fly really control let go. line during combat. Or ham? Do you now, have any ham? No. Did videos? they have?
1: Did they have the same announcer there? Do we have this guy? I forgot his name, but Stefan. Stefan, yeah, the malicious yeah. enabler.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. I was wondering if he, he, if he was a common uh, component to those flight fest things.
0: I and, mean, know, he, he school, almost going to
2: sit. In middle school, when it looked like two kids were going to fight, there'd be the ring of kids around them, pushing them towards each other, trying to egg them on. Yeah, that's Stefan. That's Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> Punch harder <laughs> and I'll rip Look, his skulls off. See if he can choke us with it.
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for him to say, let me see the bloody corpses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did,
1: you, did you hear the guy says that's the way he is all, all the time? It's like his oh, yeah, normal personality.
2: Yeah. You watch the videos, right? No. Well, oh, well, there you go. Uh, watch a couple recent flight test videos and yeah. you'll see.
1: Yeah, they were filming there too, so hopefully they have an episode coming out sometime soon of that. I think. If they haven't already have one.
2: Yeah, you might be embarrassing yourself here.
1: Might <laughs> be embarrassing all of us. Uh, I know nothing. So, uh, what else can we compare? Mud? Blood? blood? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, did they have Mm -hmm. to use the first aid facilities in Ohio?
0: I wasn't actually saying blood, I was saying mud. Oh, mud! I like the the direction you're going, (laughs) so yes, Terry, did you have to see any medics on call during Flight Fest Ohio? Uh,
2: No, I got away unscathed.
1: How about other people?
0: I
2: didn't ask. I
1: I, uh notice anything. I don't think I noticed anything either.
0: Well we had that we had that one guy that uh, cut himself in the build tent.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes, yes.
0: Stay away from sharp objects. We had a couple people hit with aircraft. I I almost was hit. Austin and I were on the flight line during combat, and boy, that plane came right in front of us. I just want everybody to know I saved my son's life. I, I dodged in front of him.
2: <laughs> it was, oh my God, it was
0: crazy mayhem. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't have wanted to have been impaled by that uh, paper airplane.
2: <laughs> hmm. All right. I do not see any Flight Fest Texas videos out yet.
0: Hmm. I know. But... I'll tell you guys, we have been putting a lot of photos and videos out there, and a lot more than I've seen from other uh, people that have Facebook pages.
2: Wait, uh, wait, wait! What are you doing now? Why are you trying to shame other people?
0: Because I can. Because I, I'm, I'm the honest person here. I think it was, <laughs> I was, a, I was a little disappointed that there weren't more uh, either podcast or uh, flight flight test themselves, you know, not put posting stuff on a daily basis from fest.
2: Yeah, I will say that from my vantage, an event with that many people attending, I expected more coverage, more personal accounts, more photos, more yeah. live feeds.
1: Yeah, there's an RC Groups thread on it, but yeah, agreed, there wasn't really a whole lot in there as far as pictures and stuff. There's a few people chimed in, but not a whole lot, you would think, from such a big event with so many people. It's like nobody has... Nobody's. I guess everybody's too busy flying and crashing and building and, and having a good time and taking pictures. But
2: uh. yeah, that's right. good and,
0: and I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that, Fitz. But you and I both know. You and I were walking the flight line. We did a couple of live videos, yeah. and I've. Been perusing Facebook and a couple other sites, and I'm not seeing coverage, and it's, I, I'm disappointed because we made a huge effort to go out there. We spent a lot of money to attend this event. We were there from Thursday till Sunday, and it was great. I loved it. I hope they come back, and I wish it had been pushed out a little bit more, or at least I wish other people had put out some some live uh, videos, you know, during the event. Now, and, and that's also because I, I will say this: I did hear in the build tent, and maybe. Uh, terry you kind of mentioned on this uh for like at ohio or i know you said it about neat but uh, some cell phone coverage was very limited i know that sprint was like null and void out there i heard a couple people saying they could not get a signal but as a verizon customer i always had a strong signal and we were able to get stuff out immediately so i'll i'll say okay maybe that's that was one of the issues
1: well no well maybe not sprint i'm on sprint and i had no problem uh, oh, wow. live, I did the live feed and stuff, so it worked okay for me. So maybe either your phone was terrible or it was a different sprint.
2: That fancy camper trailer you rented didn't have direct satellite link to the space station. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I didn't need it. My phone was doing great. Okay, <laughs> but there well, was there was so much going on. There were some really cool planes. I saw a lot of people with cameras. I I think. Uh, I think there's a lot of neat stuff to be seen and I just I haven't I haven't found yeah. it. One one gentleman posted a video I found on Facebook, uh, which I really like the video and I'll send you the link Terry to to share. So he had his little uh, he he had a an FPV rig or, you know, a quad camera footage for some and he was on the ground for others. So he had a nice little video put together which I thought was fun and enjoyable. And he mm-hmm. also had some footage of the bomber run, the the
2: the B seventeen
0: gaggle? The B 17 yeah there you go, the B seventeen gaggle oh, yeah. from a different angle. Um, I think my footage is better (laughs) (laughs) pat myself on the back, but that Sony camera did a really good job for, for covering those planes. That was a lot of fun. That was so neat, Mm. but it was the weirdest thing. All these B 17s. It was the quiet, quietest bombing run ever. (laughs) (laughs) Stealth bombing run. (laughs) It was, it was like, it's just too quiet with all these B 17s in here.
2: How many didn't make it back? At least two.
0: Yeah, at least two, two maybe three. Yeah,
1: two or three did make it back.
2: Okay.
1: If you look on uh, on the, the photos I uploaded to the album on, on our Facebook page, I have a. You see at least two that are in two pieces or more on the ground. Right. So, uh, right. so oh, I also have some video. I need to go through it. I know I have a really good video of Matt Borden's Swanks cool bus being taken out. Oh,
0: <laughs> Okay.
1: So I got to go through that. So I'll uh, get around to it. So, anyways, it sounds like um, both our, experience, our experiences between uh, north and south are pretty similar. Yeah. So so that's it has good. a feel. Yeah, it's definitely got a feel. It's
2: and it's a feel different from other RC events.
1: Yeah, it's very different. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, I'm gonna and I'm gonna nod with uh, give a nod to Terry. He's right. It's a lot of family. It's a big family event. There were a lot of uh, husbands, wives, kids sitting in the build tent doing stuff together. Yeah. Uh, the the young kid, Max, who came from D.C. with his dad, you know, to come down, build a plane, fly it. Austin, you know, met him. They worked together. In fact, when they left, they left the – when they went back to D.C., they gave the plane to to Austin. Cool. So, <clears throat> so he's got the, the pig in the his room right now, and I'm, he's, like, wow. all ready to put differential thrust on it. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I said, okay. Is
1: Austin going to keep in touch with him?
0: Uh, I think so. Yeah, they exchanged uh, cell phone numbers. Oh, so. That's good.
2: So it'd mm. be fun. Is that the By new the way, pal?
0: Maybe. And you know what? If Max is listening, I don't know if he's a, a listener of our show or not, and maybe I'll tell Austin to uh, to have him tune in, but that kid was a great pilot. I don't know if you were watching the, I guess it was the second uh, combat fits. when you, you may have been recording, so you could may not have been watching, but when he was flying that that pig the first time and he'd gotten hit a couple of times, that that thing looked like it was ready to go down, but boy, he held on to it and he flew that thing all the way to the end. Yeah, I saw was, that.
1: I remember that it was specifically. Great piloting. Yeah. Great piloting. I thought he lost. Did, kid. did
0: he lose a motor or something? I, I think he had lost power on one of his motors because, or maybe clipped a prop or something. Because he was he was always like right wing high. Yeah. <clears throat> trying to keep it up, and he was flying way far away out in the the crops. But he brought that sucker back. Yeah. I mean, it was, and they got it flying again. So, again, kudos to Max. It was a great, great effort. <laughs> it was awesome. And I think he, you know, he really showed it to some of the adults who just dorked it on takeoff. <laughs> 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 and then yeah. sadly, there were a lot of dorks on takeoff. Yeah, there were. <laughs> you, could just, you could see it in their face like, oh man, I didn't even get to go up for 10 seconds.
2: Maybe they were using DSM 2.
0: Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I was one of those sad people when I when I took off and you know that thing went down. I was like, "Oh." oh. <laughs> Burn. All
1: right. Well, but you know, yeah, lots of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. A great event that we went.
0: So across the balsa modelers by Maba. Balsa modelers. What is it?
1: <laughs> balsa <laughs> modeler builders,
0: right? Balsa, Balsa Model, model aircraft, the builders. The aircraft Builders. Aircraft Builders. Hold on. Let me do it again. <laughs> so, <laughs> is, it the people's, is it the People's Front of Balsa or a Balsa People's Front? <laughs> so on the Balsa Model Aircraft Builders Association, otherwise known as Bamaba, on Facebook, <laughs> it's a really good group if you should join. I really uh, I like following it. There's some really uh, good topics, good questions. Cool builds, but a topic that came up uh, the other day, which I just started reading, and I was like, "Wow, this is interesting." Was a question about adding isopropyl alcohol to epoxy to thin it for like fuel proofing, and. I just was reading some of the comments and it's very interesting how some of the science came out. And I have always thinned epoxy with isopropyl alcohol. I've been doing it for a very long time. And if I'm doing it for fuel proofing, I would usually go with a much longer uh, cure time, such as a 15, 20 or 30 minute epoxy versus a five uh, to let it soak in. But what I found interesting was a lot of people were saying, don't use isopropyl, use denatured alcohol. I've never used denatured alcohol for thinning, so just never, I guess, researched it or n- never thought it. W- I was doing it wrong because what I've been doing seems to be fine. But I was curious if you guys do uh, isopropyl or denatured or if you use something else to thin.
2: Why would I need to fuel-proof my electric airplanes?
0: <laughs> and there's Terry. How about you, Fitz? <laughs> well, Terry's opinion doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> story of my life. <laughs> uh, actually, I use denatured. Have you always used denatured? I
1: think so. I, I don't know if I've used isopropyl. I might have in a pinch, uh, but I normally have a lot of denature because I also use denatured alcohol, to the, p- the thin paints that I use for a plastic model painting for some of the acrylics. So it does double duty for me. Uh, and, and I do the same thing. I'll thin it a little bit for either... Uh, Fuel proofing on a firewall. In fact, I did that in my latest QT build. Um, I've also thinned it a little bit when I... If I'm fiberglassing the wing center to reinforce it, I'll thin it a little bit. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. And uh, so, I, so I've always had it. I never really use isopropyl. I think denature natures cheaper anyway, isn't it? You can get in a large quantity at the Home Depot stores or eight hardware stores.
0: <laughs> well, I, I guess it just- depends on how much you're using. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I've... I've got a bottle of isopropyl I've had for at least a year, so... <laughs> well,
1: see, I use I use quite a bit of it because of the, my plastic model painting. So, I've got, like, right right here, I've got a quart of it, of denatured alcohol. Oh, wow. And, and, and uh, I mean, it'll last me quite a while, but still, I use so much of it that I, I buy it in larger quantities. Uh, for I think
2: isopropyl's cheaper, but aren't there different versions, like, different water content of isopropyl? Yeah,
1: I think there's the per- right percentage, like 90% or 95%, yeah. something like that. Uh, well,
0: I think yeah. that's, and I think that's the key that I, uh, that's the lesson I learned here. Uh, I use isopropyl a lot in my workshop to wipe off decals, to wiping off my solder joints, you know, to get the resin off, uh, again, thinning epoxy. I mean, I do use it quite a lot, but now that I've read the comments here, I'm, I'm going to switch. I've never tried denatured to thin epoxy. I don't do it a lot, but like if I'm setting up a, uh, a seam that I don't need finishing resin, mm-hmm. if it's something I can just do quickly with epoxy, regular epoxy, I think I will start trying that out. And the answer was what Terry just said was uh, denatured has less water. So what and was
1: what were they saying the differences are besides the water? Is there something in the curing, effects of curing or something? Or what What were they? Well, the I, I
0: again, that's I'm reading all the answers here. Most people are saying denatured is better for thinning epoxy. And I, I think the water content is the only thing issue. Now, some people are saying, "Why are you thinning epoxy when you should be using finishing resin to to do that kind of thing?" So, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever used finishing resin to fuel proof. Uh, uh,
1: I have, but I've also thinned it too with denatured alcohol. Okay. So sometimes I still need to thin it.
0: Wow, well, hmm. you have to thin finishing resin.
1: Uh, yeah. Last time I used some finishing resin, I thinned it. It was seemed to be wow. pretty thick. I wanted to thin it a little bit. Maybe <laughs> just personal <laughs> preference. Uh,
0: that's that stuff's already pretty ready. I can't uh, imagine it? it making any more. Uh, I'm pretty
1: sure I did. Well, I don't know. Mayo crazy. I don't
0: know. Did I just say wadier? Wadier? Man, I need more coffee.
1: <laughs> T- technical terms viscosity. Yeah.
0: Uh, what am I doing on this show? <laughs> <What> <laughs> I don't do know. What are my, you doing on this show? I think my pen pain meds are kicking <laughs> in. Again. Uh, wow. Uh, All right. Well, I I will. I think I've learned something here. I'm going to put it to the test. And uh, if you are on. But Mamba, take a look at it. There's some really good comments mm. and feedback, especially if you're using fuel. You know, if you're trying to, or if you're just trying to harden an area to make it a little bit stiffer. Uh, for example, when I made a battery hatch out of my Sig 4, Sig Four Star Forty, uh, it was it was a. This is an older kit, so it was meant for a glow fuel plane. So what I ended up doing is I flipped the fuselage over and I thinned out a whole bunch of epoxy and I ran some little stringers on the top of the fuse just because it was a very simple balsa strip. And then I poured a whole bunch of that epoxy on there, let it sit, and then I could cut out the hatch so it would stay in its its shape.
1: Oh, that's a neat idea.
0: And so that worked out real yeah, well. Okay. So that's what I would use that for. I mean, that's, a, that's a, besides fuel proofing, you mm. can use it to uh, keep a... a Shape intact, yeah. and the the thinner you can get it, the better because it'll it'll soak in pretty well. So I'll you know I'll try stuff like that to uh, you know especially when it's when it's balsa.
1: Could you also put a, like a uh, just a thin layer of fiberglass on it as well so to to help keep it hold the shape?
0: I could have done that too, but I it just balsa was just real simple, and uh, you know it's it was a long time ago, mm-hmm. so I was just trying. I wasn't I'm not much of a fiberglass guy. I'm still learning. Uh. Wow. And anyway. you may
2: not be aware but you can actually buy epoxy resin in a spray can and according to Elwood Blues if you spray that on the brake pedal of an RV then the good old boys will crash into the lake. Uh wait, what? <laughs> what, you're not Blues Brothers fans?
0: I've never I've never You just said
1: two plus two equals five, so I don't know what what you're talking about. You call yourself
2: an American? Go watch the Blues Brothers. I know the Blues
1: Brothers, but I have no idea what you're talking about. What
2: scene Crash into the the Link? Bob's Country Bunker, The Good Old Boys. Do you know what he's talking about, Lee? I have
0: no idea what he's talking about. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh gosh Alright you can Sorry. edit that part out but- No no, no. I'll keep, we'll I am keep it appalled in there Ter- at your lack of Terry Bruce the best Brothers part knowledge. will
0: be this You are going to get feedback when we release this There are yes. going to be like 20-30 people going I support Terry 100% <laughs> I know exactly who was talking about Lee and Fitz are or what the they're so uh, non-American <laughs> uh,
1: I hate Illinois Nazis yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Wow, that threw us for a big loop. So I to, could tell to the end silence this silence was deafening. Denatured alcohol, try it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I had to say about
1: that. Well, try it on your planes, not in your drink.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's, it sounds like you buy a lot of denatured alcohol, Vince. Are you sure you've got the ventilation <laughs> in the room of yours?
1: I feel fine. Why are the walls moving? <laughs> All right, so we've been talking about uh, denatured alcohol and and building stuff. Let's move on to the workbench setting uh, of the show. Terry, you're first. Since you've got some weird ideas about stuff, what are you working on your workbench?
0: Well, I just Um, want to preface that I just saw the weather in Buffalo, New York, with the winds and the cold. So I'm assuming this is uh, build season now, right, Terry? (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, I'm hoping not. But I can tell you, right before I came down here to, to do the podcast, I was outside clearing my driveway from snow
1: uh, So,
2: yeah yeah hey did you um
1: speaking of that you see we got snow here in houston a couple of oh days really ago? yeah they were oh saying my God. it's the armageddon it was the record for snowfall uh, as 10 days earlier than the previous record huh yeah did
2: the city come to a screeching halt well it wasn't
1: that much i saw it when i was at work we just i looked out the window i was like is that snow And so, very, very light flurries. I mean, it it didn't amount to anything, but it was just funny to see it snowing. And uh, they said it was a record for Houston.
2: Hmm. Well, yeah, I'm still getting used to how things are up here. But I can tell you we're getting snowfall about a month earlier than we did last year. Hmm. And it's weird. It's like somebody dumped a Slurpee on the ground. It's not like light, fluffy snow. Oh, is that wet, slushy stuff? Ice for a while, then it rained, and then a little bit of snow. Oh, I remember that. You pick it up, and it just...
1: Yeah, that stuff is horrible to shovel.
2: It's like grits. Oh yeah the the snowblower doesn't like it either. <laughs>
0: have you Have you shoveled grits?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like grits. It. I remember when I was a kid trying to explain what grits were to
1: my friends, and that didn't go over well. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, grits are good.
2: Um, So to answer your question, um, yeah, I think I'm coming up on building season, but I've got a plane I need to fly. I'm writing a review on it, and it hasn't flown yet. So I'm hoping there'll be a reprieve, and I can fly this thing. I've got the uh, Tower Hobbies Cherokee that we talked about a while back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, they're concurrently carrying the e-flight Cherokee and the Tower Cherokee, hmm. and if if there's a review on that, I presume it's going to stay in their lineup for a while. So, once again, it looks like we were dead wrong with our predictions. But uh, I can tell you up front, this is a nice model. Got a very cool trim scheme. It's nice well-built, ball-supply thing.
1: That's the wood one, yeah. I was going to say, it's a wood versus the other one's the foam. Yeah,
2: yeah. and uh, this is the receiver-ready version. So it comes yeah. with a rimfire motor, a bunch of servos. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a nice airplane. So uh, hopefully it'll fly well, and as soon as... We have a day that's not windy and or snowy then uh, i'll take it out give it a go so for my winter plans i've got a few things on tap i want to take care of i'm glancing back at my workbench now Um, oh i've got that um hobby lobby skimmer that i picked up at neat for five bucks i've got most of that done already i yanked out well i guess it was empty i didn't yank anything out i put some gear in a little quad motor and a couple servos And it's going to be ugly as send, but I think it'll be a nice flyer. Mm. And probably considerably lighter than it was as a Speed 400. Uh, So I've got that, and I've still got a few of those planes that I picked up at the auction a while back. So, um, yeah, I've got a few different things I want to work on. And uh, I've got a new set of snow skis I want to put on something. These are park flyer size snow skis. So I'm thinking about building a flight test plane and putting those on. So, yeah, a few different odds and ends. No big projects in mind at the moment.
0: I, I oh. challenge you to put those skis on the plane most unlikely to have skis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a seaplane? Hmm.
0: Hmm.
2: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're paralyzed? think about that one. Did a, did a Spitfire
0: yeah. ever have skis? Has anyone ever uh, tried to put skis on a Spitfire?
2: P 51s had skis. Yeah. Experimentally. Yeah. So,
1: uh, DC 3s, I think, is skis too.
2: Yeah, yeah, probably. yeah
0: there you go. So that's your yeah. that's your challenge.
2: <laughs> okay, oh, and uh, one not flying thing I have a nitro buggy now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is a have first one. for me. No, I, well, I've had this one, I probably sent you guys a text about it, but uh, this is my first ever. Hmm. Every RC car I've had before has been electric, hmm. so this is an eight scale nitro buggy. It's the uh, Kyosho Inferno, and it's a um, I, what's I'm not sure the nomenclature for cars, but basically it's a ready-to-go kit, which I didn't know you could get with nitro. But it comes with the engine installed, everything built, the brakes, the clutch, you know, all that stuff. So you take it out of the box, and you do have to break in the engine. So that's the stage I'm at now. I went and bought a gallon of nitro fuel the other day, and uh, I had to go buy a glow plug igniter because I gave all that stuff away <laughs> a while back. Um, but how, it's a pull how, start.
0: How much is a gallon of fuel these days?
2: Um when I went, it ranged from about twenty eight to forty dollars, depending on brand
1: and ni- and nitro content too
2: um there may have been a little variation there, but yeah, yeah I was looking at twenty percent and there were four or five different brands and you know wow. me, I got the cheapest one, but even the cheapest <laughs> one was O'Donnell, and it had it looked like it was a good mix, so
1: was it a twenty size engine in it
2: yeah, a twenty or twenty one something like that yeah. whatever it takes. Right. Um,
1: <laughs> I was driving one the other day. One of our club members had, I don't remember what model it was, but a 20-size buggy. It was a truck kind of thing, trucking thing. Um, It let me drive around for a little while and having a good time until the clutch burnt down on it. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) uh, So, yeah, yeah. I have to keep an eye on that.
2: Yeah. But Yeah, this uh, looks like it'll be a lot of fun, and it's heavy, and I assume it's going to be fast, so, Mm. yeah, not something to be trifled with cool anyway so that's my winter or that's my current winter plans a few odds and ends airplanes a fast car normal stuff
1: well i got a couple things uh like you i have one thing that's non-flying um uh, i'm having another boat thing this coming weekend tomorrow actually oh cool and so i had a couple one guy was sort of saying you know i i like the boat thing but Bending down to put the boat in the water is, is not good for his his old bones or something. Because, um, as you know, Lee, you got to, of course, step down or bend down, and the water level is a couple feet below sometimes. the, uh, the
2: Yeah, there's a bulkhead all the way around the yeah,
1: lake. Yeah, you know the lake, yeah. So so I thought, well, hmm, I wonder if I could make something to help people get their boats in and out of the water. So uh, a couple of trips to Home Depot later, I have a contraption on my workbench. It's literally on my workbench right at the moment, uh, to help them get their boats in and out of the water. It's made out of PVC pipe and a couple of wheels and it's got a sliding mechanism on it. So, uh, I haven't put it in the water yet, but I'll, we're going to give it a shot tomorrow see how well that works and how the guys like it. Oh, so fun. That's going to be an interesting project. So uh, tomorrow is your event? On Saturday. Yeah. How's the weather looking? It's looking really good actually.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah. It's
1: looking to be pretty warm and, uh, fairly calm. It might be the weather the wind predictions might be a little almost too calm for sailboats, but we'll see how it works. Uh, uh, I don't know. Lee, do you think you might be able to make it or are you? I
0: don't think I'll be able to make it. Uh, I'm sorry.
1: Okay, no problem. (sighs) I know. Jeez, Some people. Uh, Let's see. I still have that uh, 3D printed plane. I need to uh, assemble all parts. Almost all the parts are printed out. I was going to assemble it at Flight Fest, but never got around to it. Too busy with other things. So uh, that's which
2: one was this? This
1: one is another one from the Eclipson people. It's called a Model Z. It's a low-wing
2: okay.
1: uh, thing. Okay. Things really nice-looking plane, very organic-looking. Uh, so uh, that's I've been meaning to get to that one. It's been a while, so I need to. That's next up once I take the boat rack off the table. Uh, and then uh, next thing is the twenty cc P forty seven that I need oh, to build. Yeah. Yes, uh, this is the one
2: you're building for a friend.
1: Yes, uh, okay. I'm going to build it for a friend, but I probably I'll will video it and probably make it a review as well. Uh, that I'm looking forward to getting finally on the bench. I've been pr- delaying and procrastinating on that one. Uh, that was going to be interesting because like Lee's uh, Corsair has got a rear intake uh carburetor so i'm hoping this will all fit together uh although i think the p47 has got a longer nose than a corsair so we'll see huh uh, uh and yeah because it's a gaser; it's not electric this is a gas engine so this ought to be fun right uh and that's it for me uh well for now <laughs> I'm sure
2: we all know you have a dozen secret projects that you're not going to tell us. Uh,
1: about. Yeah, I do. I got other okay. stuff post post P47 uh, I'm considering working on. So I have to see what comes up first. Uh, and I, I got some planes. I still have some planes I need to refurbish uh, as well. I've got an old, uh, real quick. What is it? Um, it's a big plane made out of sticks. Um, Cadet. <laughs> oh, it is. It's a cadet.
0: Oh, sorry, I just love that he is expecting us to like see what he's looking at. <laughs> hey, it's a plane, made of sticks.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, I got a cadet that um, I'm trying to fix up. It's got a four stroke engine on it. It's one of the big ones. Cadet so, senior. So I think it's a senior. Yeah. So cool. I need to see if I can get that thing running. It hasn't run in years and years. But uh, so the
2: airframe's in good shape.
1: Looks like it's in pretty good shape. The only problem is I, I need to get to the fuel tank. I think. I need to check the fuel tank, make sure it's still usable or replace it. And whoever built it basically didn't think they'd ever want to touch the fuel tank ever.
2: So. (laughs) Wrapped a chain around it.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it's buried in there. There's no access hatch. There's no way to get it out through the cockpit. So I'm going to see if I can find a way to. um, I might have to cut a hatch or something in the bottom or something to get to it. But that's why it's been kind of been sitting for a while to decide what I want to do. But There's always a way. Oh, there's always a way. Just how invasive do I want to get? I can can cut the nose off. That's a way, but then it won't There you go. (laughs) Anyways. So Lee, what you got?
0: I got nothing. I got I got a plane with some holes in it. What's that called? (laughs) Swiss cheese? Swiss plane. (laughs) Oh man, I've, I have a garage filled with uh, leftovers from flight fest. So I just, I dumped everything in there and I've got to sort through all my stuff and then get it back into the workshop. So that's actually one of the projects I got to do is I got to get reorganized in my workshop.
2: Yeah, that's Uh, tough.
0: It is tough when you, when you grab. And take all your tools out <laughs> so, so you can help So you can help your buddy Fitz, you know, put his planes together and all that jazz. Yeah, if you uh, want to
1: see what our, the trailer looked like, I posted a couple <laughs> of pictures. I don't know if you saw that.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> yes. You know, it's, it's like half regret, half, you know, glad I did because, you know, there's uh, – there was a lot of stuff we were able to repair and fix, and I was able to get, you know, some planes uh, back into the air. So yeah. it's a love-hate relationship, but I've got a huge mess in my garage. Tons of planes i got to start sorting out, plus stuff that I got from Vest, you know, like some of those extra planes I got from Vest that i got to reorganize. Mm. So. The big the big one for me is i got to get that Cessna 150 back on track. Uh, you know, I had a paint issue. It screwed up my windows, uh, you know, paint conflict. So I've got to fix that. Uh, but it's, it's you know, it's on its down Downhill run, so it should be relatively easy to finish. I'd like to get that done. The Lee is eight, referring
2: to the large, say, quick built <laughs> Cessna <laughs> 150. That's built all crazy with a what a plywood crutch and ABS formers. Yes. Okay. I,
0: I'm patting myself in the back for the first time I've ever joined two plastic sides together, uh, and was able to bondo the gaps. It looks pretty darn good. I was I'm happy with the results. So hopefully you guys will be too when I finish taking photos.
2: Sparky will be proud.
0: I hope so. I'm I'm hoping it flies. Uh, cross our fingers. I'll definitely be videotaping that with eight cameras. <laughs> the Corsair that we kind of touched on, or Fitz mentioned, uh, the Corsair that I have, the top flight Corsair Arf, where I was trying to put in a DLE twenty, and it's just, you know, Fitz, you saw it, you witnessed it. It's just almost impossible unless you, you know, butcher the the cowl. Or the the nose of this Corsair to make it fit.
1: Yeah, the firewall.
0: It's frustrating. Yeah. I I want to get it in the air, uh, so I, I kind of put the engine aside and said, okay, I'll, I'll work back on the wings. But another problem I had, I'm pretty sure we touched on it, was my pneumatic retracts, my Robart pneumatic retracts, where I had one side that would not lock in place.
1: Yeah, weren't you going to? Were you going to send those back or something? I out?
0: did. I sent them back to Robart, which you know that. I can't say I'm frustrated. I mean, they they did the warranty repair, but the cost to ship them and all that jazz. And I was, you know, kind of, I I at the time rushed it because I was hoping to get the plane ready for the bombing event, Uh, Bomber Field. The the event Lee's talking about is Bomber Field (laughs) B-17 Gathering in September. And, you know, it didn't pull through, but I got the retrack back. It. Looks like it's better, you know, I put pressure in it I could see one arm definitely extends better than the other side So the other side's just a little, you know, wishing it was as strong as the the one that's currently on the wing so anyway, I've installed the retract back on the wing and as soon as I tightened it down and I Put all the hoses on everything and I put pressure on the arm wouldn't lock again and as I may have mentioned, or I've done a lot of research on it, if you do not get those rails perfectly level with each other, perfectly parallel to each other and perfectly level, the mechanism will not work properly. And that seems to be the biggest issue a lot of people have, is that they they try to throw them into the stock rails in an airplane and the wing's just not quite level. Uh, you've got to shim it up. And in fact, I did have to shim the other side and it does work perfectly now. But now I've got to go back and start finding various size shims because it doesn't look like it's just one particular hole that's off. It's like two or three. It's just, it's really cattywampus. So hopefully I'll get that done and, and the wing will be complete and then I can put all my attention back onto the uh, the engine decision. And I'm kind of up in the air in that because if I can't get this, the DLE 20 to fit, we talked about getting something smaller.
1: Yeah, the uh, we, we looked at the. Uh, evolution 15. Evolution 15, which has a carburetor in the front. and bounce more like a glow engine.
0: Yeah, the only downside to that is I I have heard both sides of the uh, Evolution opinion. And I'm kind of down the middle of the road right now. Nothing has swayed me to say no to it or yes, it's a it's a win. Yeah,
1: I've heard mixed things in Evolution, but I have an Evolution in my uh, Valiant.
0: And That's the 10, right? Yeah,
1: it's the 10. And it's been fine. Uh, I haven't really... It's been really actually pretty good. Uh, one thing I heard maybe the problem is you have to, it has a different oil to fuel mix ratio than some of the other, uh, a lot of the other engines. And maybe people weren't reading instructions correctly on that, and noticing that it's got a higher ratio of mix of oil than typical DLE does.
0: Okay. Well, I need to do some research on that because yeah. I also want to know what kind of exhaust setup I'm going to put on it. Yeah. I don't want to just make it, I, because it's a, it looks like a standard glow engine, I want to make sure I put a muffler on it that doesn't just look like it's one of those side exhausts coming out of this, you know, nice war <laughs> you Not know a big giant muffler hanging out the cowl? Well, <laughs> you, don't, you don't want that side, yeah, you don't want that look. Yeah. You know, you want the trainer for you look. I don't, know, I don't know what you call it. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: I agree exactly. I know exactly what you mean. Uh,
0: but to wrap this up, I picked up a a Storch, a flight test Storch. Uh, per the recommendation. The Storch. The Storch, per the recommendation from a... Uh, flight test uh, guy uh, Alex, is it right? Um, just just one of the planes they recommend, and also Nathan uh, recommended it, so mm. I picked up the the whole setup package for it. Figured I'd give give that a try from scratch and maybe do a a, a video on it for my aviation channel. Uh, I also have the Spitfire, but that's just kind of on hold. And uh, you know, working with Austin on his plane, we'll get that sucker set up to do. Uh, what am I saying? Differential thrusts. Have fun with that. Uh. And there you go. Cool.
2: Mm. So you should be happy, Fitz. Lee got a German plane.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I'm going to put a star and bar on it. (laughs) (laughs) Captured. Inverted. (laughs) Captured, exactly. (laughs) Inverted. (laughs) Inverted bar star. (laughs) And on the right wing, right? (laughs)
1: You know, there's some neat paint schemes of captured planes. I've always thought about doing that. Get a German plane with with British markings or a Japanese plane with American markings or something.
0: Did this you and, know
2: the Germans captured a P-38? uh I would be surprised. Ooh,
0: yeah. probably There's several. That, that, that made me cringe. I, I would be <laughs> There's some
2: story out there of an Italian pilot who shut down B-24s in the P-38. <laughs> probably. Like, they, they captured one and he used it.
1: Yeah, so. I wouldn't be surprised. That's, you know, what did you do? You captured it. That's how we found out the Zero's weaknesses. We we had one, rebuilt it, and flew it around, and there was actually a team of guys who were supposed to do that. They were called Atayu? Ata- 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 it's got a weird acronym, but they... Their job was to go around, especially in the Pacific area, find crashed and uh, abandoned Japanese aircraft, put them back together, and take them back for evaluation. This was during the war. So, oh. yeah,
0: I have a book. I have a book, and sorry, the title slips my mind. But if I if I get it, I'll, I'll put it back on the page. But I have a book that's basically a diary of a B seventeen uh, flight engineer. And it's very compelling. It's, you're, it's riveting because you're sitting there, Diary.
1: <laughs> Dear Diary, that damn number two engine is cracking up again.
0: <laughs> you Oh, you've read it. <laughs> <laughs> hey God. Thanks, Fitz. Thanks for rooting it. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry I used the word diary. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. no just... <laughs> A journal. Is that better? Yeah. Is that the masculine version? <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. I, I think the belly way anyway, is looking at me funny. He Yeah, some of the missions were harrowing, and it Imagine. was very hard. I mean, you just it's gripping. Yeah. But one mission, he mentioned that they were on uh, a run, and this B-17 they didn't recognize was flying beside them, and he was kind of curious about it. And, and sure enough, it was a captured B-17 that they just flew up into the sortie and were documenting or taking pictures, and then it flew off. Oh, man. <laughs> They're
2: probably getting altitude and position to report to, yeah. to the flak and fighters. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: wow. Dang.
2: So, huh. subterfuge,
1: oh. yeah. I guess it's one of Sun Tzu's art of war, anyway. So, all right, well, I guess on that note, I guess we'll peel off and fly home and end this podcast, guys. Uh, it's been great talking again and back to all three of us together again. <laughs> Seems like we haven't had a very much of that lately.
2: We're getting the band back together, yeah, man. Yeah, it's another blues, blues reference,
0: yeah, that I know. Yeah. I got that one. <laughs> I must have gone to the restroom for that other quote. <laughs> yeah,
2: you sure that was? We're on a mission from God.
0: Okay, we know okay, that we one. We know that one too.
1: You sure you weren't quoting Blues Brothers two thousand or something? Oh gosh, watch <laughs> the movie. Do your civic duty. <laughs> all right. On that note, I'm going to do my civic duty and go watch uh, some war movies. Uh, good talking to you guys and uh, all the listeners. Thanks for listening in, and we'll see you next time.